What's good, good people? Vets, let's talk. We got a special guest in front of the formation today. United States Marine Corps Master Sergeant Errol Acosta. Before we get started, man, I'd like you guys to press that like, share, and subscribe. HBO special, help a brother out. Hey, man, how you doing today, my brother? Doing good, sir. It's pretty cold in North Carolina. I, I don't understand the weather. One day it's hot, one day it's cold. <laughs> How's the family doing, man? Doing good. They're sleeping right now. You know, just me and my wife and then my two dogs and my, my son. That's amazing, bro. Thank you. Yep. Okay. It's, it's like one question I like to ask everybody before we get started on the main questions. Do you remember yep. where you were during 9-11? Yep. So I was in Mag 11 Marine Corps Miramar. Right. We we're just done PTing and I went to the trial. And then me being ignorant as I went, I was a corporal of Marines way back then. We had plasma screens like all over the trawl. And then I just seen some planes crashing into a building. And I seen everybody in the trawl was kind of just in dead silence. Like I looked around the trawl, everybody was, I don't know if they were watching a movie. I was really ignorant back then, you know, so I was just really hungry, tired from PT. And then went back to my room and then my friend Villegas, my, my boy Villegas, he called me up because people used to catch ride with me to the shop. And he's like, hey, hey, man, can I get a ride to the shop? And I said, yeah, yeah. And he's you seen that shit on the TV, man? Like, what? Oh, yeah, the, the plane's crashing. And I was like, what was that? Is it a movie or something? And he was like, no, man, it's a terrorist attack. I was like, what the fuck? You know, and then that's where I kind of, I went back. It's like, holy shit, that actually happened. And then I know into that weekend, a lot, where's with a Mag-11, so Marine Aircraft Group? They were deploying like within that week. So we worked that. I'll be me being a supply guy. We we were working all weekend, issuing them gear so they could get over there and start, you know, getting ready. Oh wow, bro. I'm I'm amazed about the, the, the stories people tell me. Either they think it was a die hard movie or <laughs> like I like I, I love it. I love it. So okay, let's jump into it real quick. Can you name a person who has had a tremendous impact on you as a leader? Maybe someone who has been a mentor to you why and how did this person impact your life oh yeah i was looking at like some of the questions you're asking and it's going to be hard me being in that long there's so many influences but i can i can go like a quick rundown of all of them that influenced me today if you don't mind because it's not just one it's a lot that's cool that's cool bro yeah first one is god you know every time i wanted to give up i always had to go back you know like and ask you know like i was like you know, there's always times where I always want to give up on a lot of things. Like, God, why am I going through this? And I'll tell you where I wanted to quit a lot of times. One, recruit training. One, when I was a drill instructor. What, when I was in Afghanistan. I wanted to quit so many times. Every re-enlistment. But I just wasn't ready. You know, that was... But every time I go back to him, I always have a sense of purpose, you know. And it's the first guy. Next one, I used to box before high school. Sam Konamu, my, my boxing coach. That dude used to always keep me off the street. So every every day after school, I'll be hanging out with him. So he taught me discipline. I was also a high school band geek. So mm-hmm. my high school, uh, the marching band, my high school band teacher, Charlie Rigo, he always taught us discipline too. I always used to watch the way he would control the band room because, you know, high school kids, you know, we're, we're all immature and we're all kind of, we're really, we don't have any control. Sometimes we just being young, you know, and, and stupid sometimes. And then now going into the Marine Corps, you know, of course, my drill instructors and then going to my first unit where 9-11 happened, my NCOs, I watched the way, it was all my NCOs, Copatelia, Sergeant Quice, 
Corporal Gonzalez. These guys would always keep us informed, but they would hold us accountable too. They would always PT us. Every time they had information that came from the top, we'd always get the word. They would always stop like, hey, stop what you're doing. We're then to like, hey, this is what's coming down, you know, for the week. You know, if you guys are interested in this, it was always making sure that we're informed. Like, and and every time we did something stupid, if we were late to PT, we would hear it, of course, and go down and then fast forward a little bit, you know, to, to my next unit. And I got stationed in, in Hawaii, where I'm from. I met this, one of my leaders was Gunnery Sergeant Smith, Willie Smith, he retired as a master sergeant. One thing I one thing I liked about him, he was really humble. I never seen that guy get angry. You know, he was always religious. He always come to the office, but like he always does that with his cup of coffee, you know, and he would always ask people, you know, like, hey, so what, what what's your guys' religion? You know, and we would just always talk about you know, like his, his beliefs and all that, but he was cool. Every time was, there was times where he should be angry, I never see him get angry. So I I always looked at I always looked at that. And then Master Guns, bam. I know that's a lot. It's kind of hard to just stick to one. I got you, bro. Master Guns, bam. I knew him as a staff sergeant. So I'll tell you a story about this, this Master Guns, bam. He's also retired now. When he was a staff sergeant, we had a formation on Saturdays because something was going on and, you know, they had to kind of put something where they kind of put some sense of discipline into us. We had a formation in the morning and then one of our Marines was drinking the night before, hmm. you know, and then we couldn't get him. And he was one of the guys we worked with in our shop, you know, and then Carlos Orico, that's who he is. He's successful vet today, you know. This guy was an alcoholic in my eyes, but he was one of the hardest workers. He wasn't in formation. So, that's bam, you know, like, like cell phone just came out and like, no, he's not answering his phone. What was he last night? Was anybody with him? Like, no, we know he drinks, right? You guys check his room. Yeah. Nobody's answering the door. So staff Sergeant Bam at the time, you know, got the duty and he got like the master keys. Sorry, not bam coming in. And they're like, this is the duty and stuff where you at. Come to find out he was crashed out in his room, you know, like hung over later on after that day. He's like, like after formation was done and we got scoldings for whatever happened for that week. He's like, you, you, you. And it was like five of us NCOs, Munoz, Mar uh, Maritza Gomez, and then myself, and then there's a couple other ones, and Arika, of course. We all, what he told us was, you know what? All of you is going to get, you remember those uh, Alice packs that people don't wear anymore? <laughs> yeah, the Alice packs. He, he said, all of you guys going to get your Alice packs and we're going to fill them up with sand. And that stuff was like around 70, you know, like 70, um, 70 pounds, 80. We ran the base. We ran like around the freaking base in freaking Hawaii. Like it was like through the mud, through freaking the pond and all that. And then we're thinking, man, this freaking, this is some BS, man. And then at the end, he sat us down, sat us down. And then he's like, you know, we, we're, we're saying like, man, why he's asking us, why are we here? And I said, Cause we didn't know where one of our, you know, one of our, our peers were. And it's like, that's right. You guys were all freaking assuming that somebody wasn't there. He could have been dead. You guys didn't think, all you guys were thinking like, oh, he didn't answer the phone. You guys left the room, but you guys stopped right there. You know, like it could have anything happened. But all I did was go over to the freaking duty institute to get the keys. And I opened his room. Of course he did it with the right, the right way. So that way it's not legal, you know, and there he was, you know, that's how he could have choked in his freaking puke and all that. You know, as a leader, you gotta have the, that perception. You gotta, you gotta start thinking 
outside of the box. You can't just be like status quo. I'm like, yeah, we already checked on them. So that's Master Guns. I always remember that that time. And then we were talking shit after to say like, you know what, that guy's pack probably because he wore the same pack that we did. We we just never seen him packed it. And when we looked, when we we picked up his pack, it was actually heavier than ours. So it was like he ran this. He ran with the same pack, but he was up in the front too as well. Mm-hmm. So that's Master Guns, bam. And then later on, fast forward, went to the drill field. I never knew how to be a drill instructor. Sergeant Woodruff, Sergeant Major Woodruff now, um, he he told me how to be a drill instructor. So that was like a lot of things that helped me out throughout my my years, you know, and then keep going forward, come off the drill field. I met another former drill instructor, Master Guns Anderson, Tony Anderson, and he was humble as well. You know, and I just looked up to his leadership and he was family oriented. He always kept his guys together and it was always family always family and like he, it was always that way and then the last one of course my wife mm. my wife is the main like main one that kept me throughout the whole years up to where i'm at now because it'd be like you so when i went to the drill field i left her alone you know and it was kind of like a deployment and she's like what the hell's going on she was brand new to the states and all that had to figure out things on her own right. now now 19 years later three three dollars comes on a receipt what do you spend for three dollars you know, it's like she look at the receipt. It's like, what did you buy for five dollars? Or whenever I I'm feeling down, she'd be like, man, you need to freaking, man, you you chose this life. Or she'll she put some sense into me. You know, I'd be like, should be, like, um, why are you being stupid? You're you know what you you're too sensitive. You're overthinking it. You know, and she would always put things into her perspective. And I think yeah, she's right. I'll get mad, but after the fact, I'll think like it's yeah, she's right. But she kept me going the whole time. You know, she's my my leader. She's like keeps me in check because you know, I, without her, I've probably been doing a lot of stupid stuff throughout the years. I wouldn't make it where I am today. You know. Hey man, we always need somebody to put <laughs> a, keep, to keep us in a certain type of place. Hey man, first off, I want to say you're the that I remember. You're the first person that recognizes God as the head, like of everything you do, like as far as like mentorship uh, and leadership, like the guide. And I appreciate you for getting on here saying that, brother. I really do. Um, yes. So, okay. What What is one characteristic that you characteristic that you believe every leader should possess? This one probably like two. I, I'm gonna break the rules a little bit with oh, you, one you, question. You Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> emotional intelligence. That's one thing that we overlook. We gotta have freaking emotional intelligence because you know sometimes we put the energy into wrong things. You know, analytical skills. They gotta have that. You know, sometimes we get so pissed off and then we just we we just want to make a decision and that's where we go wrong, you know, as leaders. Emotional intelligence and analytical skills, you know, and it's just yeah, knowing your audience too. That's another thing, because that's the three things I know we always overlook, you know. That's big, especially knowing your audience. Yeah. <laughs> that's that and as far as leadership, you have to learn what you deal with as far as the people up, up under you and what they're capable of so you can best lead them into like better situations. Not better situations, but better, better them. Like how can yeah. I teach you? But what what is one mistake you witness leaders making more frequently than others? That's the one the one thing like they uh they jump, you know, they they jump to conclusions real quick. So like I'll give you an example. I don't want to like put anybody out there like say a Marine goes UA, right? Marine goes UA and then they come back after a week and you start, and you start life handing that, that person all the way through and it, it's just you start hammering that person all the way and then 
you know, it's just all of a sudden that person is a, like a dirtbag. And I made the mistake of doing that too. I'm not perfect. Like, because you had to kind of learn. And then the guy comes back, you know, and then you find out after the fact, after everything's done, you find out, you know, this guy freaking, this guy used to live out of a car for, you know, like before he joined the Marine Corps, his parents just died, you know, that like, or, or, what is is um somebody that raised him you know passed away or somebody that he looked up to or the only person that takes care of him is you know they don't they don't think about all the other the other things but that's what i talk about when it comes to analytical like we just jump we don't step back and we don't think like wait why why is this guy acting the way he is why is he always late you know we're just straight to all right let's hold him accountable gotta kind of that's where i see a lot of these mistakes i made it too where i would choose somebody out and made myself look stupid because actually it wasn't what the stuff was actually, actually was, you know? And then another example is, I'm not gonna say what's first sergeant, but I used to take a lot of astros in the outside my barracks from, <laughs> from a first sergeant. And I always thought that those astros didn't belong to me. I was like, man, it should have been that sergeant down the freaking street, you know, or down the, the hallway. And I'm like, that's not my astroid. And he didn't realize that the Marine was gone, you know, like, on TAD and he just automatically assumed but he didn't assume that he didn't know that I was I was gone like TAD somewhere else he thought I was still within the, the command so I I don't know I was the one that that was getting asked to and when it was, should have been the one that was there present for every day that's amazing when you say assuming like how a person is we never really look at the environment in which they grew up in that plays yeah. a major role in the character that that person is. It's like, yes, like did he grow up like this or did he grow up like that? Was he homeless before he came here? Like, yeah. the environment plays a big role in the person. And mm -hmm. it, it, it will continue to play that role as an adult. And, you know, as far as kids and what we view, how we see, like, people around us, we act towards things and how they react towards what they do. But, you know... What are a few resources you would recommend to someone looking to gain insight into becoming a better leader? You pause for a little bit. You make okay. Your question was the one about the resources, right? Right. Okay. <clears throat> I had I had one where there's actually three. The first one, if anybody that's like in a first time position, I never got this until after the fact when I'm like, I actually didn't get this book tells on that start, but if they ever, I'm not preaching, but there's, there's this book, the leadership of Le lessons of Jesus. If they go through all of this, there's like every type of scenario and that stuff's surprising. It's like, man, that was all these issues that we go through now was way back, you know, during freaking Jesus time. And they, they'll have like Bible quotes and then they'll tell you like why leaders should practice this. And even tells you about the, the negative things they go through as well. You know, how to like overcome that or give you a concept. And then the second one, I'll say, go to the PX. You go to the PX where you uniform shopping, all books of leaderships, you know, all types. Just go over there, buy one and it just, you know, they have the non-commissioned officer handbook for, for us as Marines. And then the one that somebody always told me growing up, there's always, when, when you become a leader or become an NCO, you should have already started acting that right that you wanted to be. But also, start looking at everybody 
planning, start studying, you know, start the NCO, like start the pros, the cons, the good things you do, the bad things, make it your own when you become in that position. You know? Like the resources is the one thing, the best thing somebody can do is start looking at the people that they want to be like now. And that's what I did. You know, like, you know what? I really hate that guy, but you know what? This is what's working for him. Next one, you like, I, I like this guy's leadership style, how, how he overcomes obstacles when it comes to the terms of you know, um, stress and frustration and all that. Hey, once again, bro, you pulled out a major source. <laughs> you pulled out that. I, I actually, like, I love it, bro. And I appreciate you for doing that, bro. I really do. Like, <laughs> a lot of people don't understand. I'm a believer. I put it out here on this platform before. I'm a believer. And, and that comes before anything as far as how I move and how I think. A lot of sure. people might not think so, but at the same time, you know, it's how I run my life and how God puts me in certain positions. And people can't put me there. God puts me there. Yeah. So, okay. What advice would you give someone going into a leadership position as for the first time? Oh, this one I wrote down. I typed on a few stuff so I don't forget so that we can help the next generation, you know. The first one, we all got to keep in mind that we, like all these leaders, they once were followers. People always forget that. They think, oh, I'm just going to lead, and they start talking bad, and they don't realize, wait, has he ever followed anyone for? Yeah, like a lot of leaders, freaking, like they did. And then you already got to know that you're going to fall into leadership, like position. So, like, you should have already started looking at the people that you want to be like. And then one, I already said it, you know, you got to know your audience, you gotta be one with the next generation. The next generation, you know, you gotta always kind of see where they're at, and it's it's okay to make mistakes. But every time you make mistakes, you gotta look at you know, and it's okay to fail. You gotta look at those as opportunities. Some of us just start going downhill, like you know, and you start like saying, you gotta be resilient. You gotta learn how to be resilient. That and then. The other thing, the last two things is one thing I always love to do with my Marines, you know, is I did this for at least the last two, three units that I've been with before one I'm at now was breaking bread with your Marines. You know, it doesn't have to be breakfast, doesn't have to be lunch, doesn't have to be there. Like I'll I'll just I'll just put it out there, you know, where hey, I'm eating lunch, I'm eating um I'm eating chow, you know, for breakfast at 0630. If you guys want to join me, you know, I'd love to like join, join you guys, you know, for lunch. We don't have to talk about work. We just eat together, you know, like, and that I was able to analyze, you know, like, we just talk about, we just have any kind of conversations about random stuff, you know, and we try to keep work out of it. And that, just doing that alone, you know, I felt, I didn't have to get close to the Marines, but I seen them get close. And that made dividends for me. You know, every time I brought the shop together like that. And then another one too is, you know, where fraternization and like people always, they confuse fraternization with, you know, camaraderie. I used to go out with my Marines every time, but not just me and one person. I'll take the whole shop and we'll go watch Bakiel fight, you know, at the casino. And this in 29 Palms where, it's like 
we go out, they can, if they're of Drake age, they can drink and all that. I'm, I'm not going to be like, hey, what the fuck you drink? You know, I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy. You know, oh. but breaking bread with your Marines, that's important. You know, you got to build together somehow. But I never made it mandatory. For some reason, it all still showed up. Majority of them showed up. If they wanted PT, I don't want to get them. And then all the thing to is and then professional development because a lot of people they think like, oh man, this guy's hazing me. You know, there's a difference because you gotta be able to let them know that hey, I'm not, I'm not hazing. There's professional development. You know, there's there's black and white what hazing is. Right. And we get that twisted sometimes. And the other thing too is the last thing I'll, I'll take to any leader, and we all is like you got all the means if you don't know how to take care of yourself, and that's another thing we feel that, and that's they gotta always learn how to do that yourself and your family, and I'm a big violator of that, you know. But now I'm catching up and can't wait to retire, you know, spend time with my wife and my son. Right, man, I appreciate you for your time, bro. Hey, I like the uh, you know, your, your music, bro. Let's jump into your music. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit of some, something about that? And after you're done, bro, I'd like to ask you about a couple of songs. My probably just one, but I want to ask you about a couple of songs. Go ahead and explain to the people about your music and what inspires it. Could you say that again? You were breaking. I'm sorry, sir. Could you tell the people what inspires your music? Ah, okay. So, I, so my, me and my my wife, we had a lot of, this is going to be personal, right? So me and her had a lot of, like, miscarriages before. So, and then, you know, and then after how many years of, like, you know, stress going down a little bit, she finally got pregnant. And then my son was born into the pandemic, 2020. And I just wrote a song, you know, but like, like I wanted to make a first, first, like a song about the thing I was going through with her miscarriage. This song was the song about Ethan. Um, yeah, that inspired me. And then I write in journals too, you know, like some of the journals I write is like stuff as a leader, you know, like in my shop, like the mistakes that I did. And the main reason why I wanted to make the music is because whenever I'm gone, you know, my son has something to look at. All my music is actually my journal entries. Right. Like I try to make everything something that happened or something that I thought of. It could be family, could be mostly about military. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking that because I'm listening to it. Yeah, this is like personal experience. <laughs> like, yeah, I hey, try so, to keep it that way. <laughs> so, okay, one song. My mind, meds, and health, bro. Because you, if you can, could you break that down? <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to that for a long time. So that, oh yeah. So I forgot what I was talking about. That you remember anything that I, I said? Because I, I just kept going and going. No, it was. What was it? You, you kind of mentioned about what you was taking as far as your meds, and you brought up your wife a couple of times in the song. So I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it had everything to do to do with you healing what you were taking at the oh, time. Oh yeah, that it's just I'm still uh, on medication. You know, that's just when I started being on medication, I started making me feel better. Like um, my mind is very sporadic. So like whatever, sometimes I'll just write and I'm like, you know what? Let me rhyme it with that issue. Like so, 
you might listen to some songs, it might just go one direction, another direction. And me and my wife too, I, I was kind of making fun of her at the end, you know, about, you know, she don't really like the way she tells me, or I don't know how she tells me, hey, if you're going up to the gym, you know, freaking don't do this, don't do this, and make sure you answer your phone. You know, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's just like regular marriage stuff. <laughs> and then military too, where I started hating, because I think I had some anger in, in some of that where I was talking about people with type A personalities, I think, you know, I just, I didn't agree with some of them. And um, yeah, I wrote that song so long time ago. I don't remember what exactly it was. Right, I that was in 2020. I probably should have said something about it before we started so you can remember. But hey, could you tell, like, could you tell us like the sources they can listen to your music on? And I'm gonna leave a link oh, in the yeah. description. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, so if you want to listen to some of my stuff, so, so if you want to listen to some of my stuff, my stuff is on Spotify, it's on Apple Music, and there's on iTunes, it's on all platforms mostly. I put them on all of there. And so, um, yeah, if they want to question anything, why why rap, what I do, you know, they can, they can ask me and I can explain. Look, I know some of it. Um, yeah, but a lot of my stuff is on Spotify and Apple, Apple Music. Tell them the name, brother. Tell them the oh, name. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, I did it. It's Chess Pinoy, C H E S S P N O I. If you guys are following me on TikTok, that's my exact same name. And I tell you how I got that name too. So, one, I love to play chess. I love playing it. Like I haven't played a tournament since pandemic, so I play correspondence chess where it's online. And Pinoy means Filipino boy, so I'm Filipino, and then. Just piano I. That was my handle ever since AOL came out. Yep, I'm the AOL generation, you know. And I just kept that name and that email ever since. Hey man, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you for your time and the service. I appreciate you for your continued serving. Like I, I appreciate your wife. Thank her. Thank your family, bro. Everything you sure. do does not go unheard of or, or, or you know. Like, I want to pat you on your back right now for the things that you do. You are important in every aspect of life. Like, a lot of people may not think. No, thank you, sir. But, like, the things that you pour on to the soldiers, even when you may think that, you know, the, the soldiers might hate you or, like, I, I, I yeah. guarantee you it's a couple of them that's like, man, that guy really did a lot for me as far as my mental and looking out for my career. Yep, I have a lot of guys that that I know that dislike me. They keep in touch with me. I talk, a lot of them still thank me today. Like, yeah, I, I understand now. You know, it's, like, it's crazy how I never understood then, but now I understand why you did the things that you did. Man, so yeah, I appreciate you. I mean, who's up next for formation, man? You know, this is leadership. You know, I, a soldier came up to me in the gym. Was like, hey, man, you know, I'm still going up in the ranks. I got eight more years. You know. So could you could you do a little bit more on leadership? I say not a problem, not a problem. But I thank you guys for listening. I thank you guys for the future for the future people coming up to be a part of this formation, man. And and once again, this is big. I thank you for your time, bro. Thank hey, you, vet, sir. Vets, let's no, no. talk. Who's up next for formation?